Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. If you're trying to lock up your home to prevent a serial killer with an alien parasite inside of him from getting in or from preventing an evil killer doll from getting out... You might be interested in this week's sponsor for the Bloom Files, Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. The truth is out there. And here, who knows? Either way, we are opening up the Bloom Files here on Post Show Recaps and X-Files First Watch slash Rewatch Podcast. Hello, everybody. Mike Bloom here to bring you a tale of two very different witch hunts as we talk (laughs) about Chinga and Travelers on the X-Files Season 5. But of course, I'm not alone. I'm joined by my own doll, Ew. And I'm not just talking about her porcelain skin. I fair. I do have very pale skin, but I don't want to be compared to this weird AF. Doll. Wait, don't you like to have fun? Let's have fun. Yeah, don't you want to do the hokey pokey? <laughs> Let's have fun. Is that all you're going to say this entire episode? The whole episode. Um. So, as you said at the end of watching this. Worst episode ever so far. Yeah. So, spoiler alert. Yeah, that's my feeling. After specifically, <laughs> Chinga. Travelers, I actually very yeah, much Yeah, yeah. Travelers is a totally different subject, but Chinga, bad. Yeah. So, this is the one I've liked the least yeah, so far. I, I don't like this episode, but I did feel like in when we talked about it last week, we skipped it initially, and then I said, oh, I remember this is written by Stephen King. Like, let's go back and watch it just for, like, the sake of watching it. But... Yeah. Well, it's a good reminder why Stephen King has written a lot of prolific horror fiction and some things that just don't work. Well, and I read a lot about how this was created. I guess Mm -hmm. that he approached David Duchovny first and was like, I love the X-Files. I want to write for it. Then got in touch with Chris Carter and wrote a lot of stuff. But basically they were like, oh, he doesn't know anything about how to write for Mulder and Skull. Right, essentially they were doing just like a Stephen King story instead, yeah. of, instead of an X-Files episode. Yeah, and so Chris Carter ended up just rewriting a ton of it, and then they also had to reshoot a ton of it because Scully was like misinterpreting, or Jillian Anderson was misinterpreting how her lines were supposed to be read with the sheriff. Wait, what? So I guess initially she thought a lot of the things she was saying to the sheriff were tongue-in-cheek, like very sarcastic, very uh-huh. like... But 
Chris Carter was like, no, it's, it's serious. Like you, you're not tongue in cheek. So they had to like edit a ton and like reshoot a ton. And well, here's, here's my hot take. Anyway, is, my hot take <laughs> as well is that, uh, I actually don't, I think Stephen King is a great writer. I don't think he's a good screenwriter. And I feel yeah. Like, well, I feel and like that was a, like, <laughs> there's a difference, right? Like mm-hmm. novelists have tried to pen screenplays before, but there's a difference between like using all that descriptive text. And yeah. then sort of eliminating that. When well, you just and put it on I screen. guess the director for this episode was quoted in saying that, like, the nuts and bolts are Stephen King, like the story mm-hmm. and the oh, idea. Oh, yeah, it takes place in Maine. Yeah, the nuts and bolts are Stephen King, but the rest is Chris Carter. Like, he basically had to, like, write the whole thing. So. I think my issue with the episode overall is, well, first of all, it was sort of like the mirror image of uh, War of the Copperphages, right? Yeah. That this is Scully goes to go relax somewhere gets wrapped up in a wacky yes. tale, and then you have the, you know, with the other party being bored on the yeah. other line. Except Mulder does not go to help Scully. He doesn't go to help, but she also plays it off much less, um, like, she plays it off better than he did. You know, yeah. like, she wasn't... Plus, she's Scully. She's more concerned about him than he is about her, but... Yeah. Um, I, th- I mean, I think my issues lie in the fact that, you know, it, it seemed like this story was, like, the, the main weird thing was interesting to a certain extent, but I wasn't a huge fan of the fact that they didn't explain anything behind it. The thing about Stephen King that I... I don't love... I mean, Stephen King isn't, like, my favorite author in the world. Like, I don't Mm. enjoy, like, horror novels, but... I do feel like the cool thing about him is very much so the mystery of what's going on. You know, like, uh, Storm of the Century is, like, one of the scariest movies of all time and, Mm -hmm. and novels, but it's because you don't know what's going on and there's this element of uncertainty. And, and But I felt from the beginning of this episode, I knew exactly what was happening. There's an evil doll. It's controlling people. Yeah, but I also... <laughs> Which I, I don't find that spooky. But I personally actually would have liked some sort of explanation of like, okay, this doll yeah, was like totally. worshipped by a cult. It just was, hey, here's a freaky doll that they fished out of the sea that can mind control people. We needed a little M. Night Shyamalan twist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a little bit at least. And the other issue that I have with this is that we're going to spend the vast majority of this episode with... Scully and the sheriff uh-huh. basically like two steps behind yeah. of this family the entire time. And yeah. I, I felt a little too late for them to come together. Yeah. And there was a lot of like, uh, and they try to explain this, but a lot of like stuff happening in the town with the mom and the, and the sheriff. Yeah, they were and trying, the, they were trying to really drop uh, yeah. all this exposition, right? Of like, okay, here's this lady. And I was like, Melissa. why do I care about this? Like, <laughs> well, her name's Melissa. So that you know is that true. it's, it's got to be involved. Yeah, Which I mean, is where we start in Maine. Yeah. And it's also, I'm very familiar. I mean, only a few episodes ago, right? Scully gets a call mm-hmm. from someone she thinks is Melissa about yeah. a little girl. Yeah, she has no here. reaction to her name being Melissa in this, except that she's like, concerned <laughs> yeah so and actually so spencer you said maine spencer runs down actually like all of the king tropes that oh we yeah here so many takes place in maine uh the leads are like middle-aged adults mm-hmm. or young kids someone has a special ability or in like an intuition mm-hmm. we have a religious fanatic yeah and then we have you know uh there's a cozy small town with a deadly secret mm-hmm. and then there's as i mentioned before a supernatural force of unexplainable evil i emphasis on unexplainable yeah but i do feel like it's unexplainable but also very clear what's happening with this evil doll anyway well so we're at the we're at the grocery store which i also read this is the first time they shot in an actual grocery store for wait really everything else was like in previous episodes i guess had been 
developed or like on a on a sound stage somewhere. Even that one time when Scully pays by check and the barcode gets scanned with her implant. I guess I was mean, on a sound this stage. Is what wow, I, this is what I read that this was. A lot of the scenes were shot on location. Um, in Maine? I don't think in Maine, but I think supermarket scenes were filmed in a real store. Okay, well, I guess they are exploring a lot of the store in this one, right? We're going to yeah. go down multiple aisles. So we get Melissa. We get Polly. First <laughs> off, is anyone named Polly nowadays? Do we Has, has Polly <laughs> gone as a name? Isn't that the name of the uh, girl from that weird movie, Polly? What? No, that's a Jennifer Aniston movie, isn't that's it? That's Along Came Polly. Yeah, Along Came Polly. There's also Polly Pocket. So maybe that's why, you like, know, the, big fan of a generation Pocket. didn't want to name themselves after dolls, so they got rid of Polly them. Polly Pocket is, is an excellent toy. Would you name your child after Polly Pocket? No, because I feel like Polly Pocket is not what I think of when I think of Polly. I think of Polly Watercracker. Oh, you think of a parrot. I think of a little parrot. Yeah, so... Anyway, Polly is, like, the worst child actress in the face of the planet. Well, I think it's not the the actress, it's the character. The yeah. character is, like... Possessed, Possessed basically. Veruca Salt, Yeah, Like, she is... She's a brat. Well, and the issue I have also with her in this episode is that it is said that she, like, is an odd child. Like, it's insinuated that maybe she has a bit of a disability, but at the end of the episode, we see that that's not the case. She's been possessed. Yeah, or something. Like, when, when the <laughs> Which doll is disappears, like she, has, she just, like, blinks her eyes, right? And, and she's, she's like, have, awake. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the Which imp- is awful. <laughs> so I guess the implication was that the doll had sort of possessed her, and this is why she's and acting people And people badly. were just assuming that she had some sort of developmental disability that just appeared. Yeah, <laughs> so they're walking uh, to the upsetting. supermarket. But like you said, we pretty much get... A, we we get a glance as to essentially what the mo is in Emmy yeah. here. Basically, she has this doll. Uh, you have this hair, this harried single mother Melissa, who's just like I just need to get through the. Grocery she store. just needs to get through the grocery store, but suddenly she starts seeing things in the window of the freezer. Yeah, this was weird. Namely, to me. she sees the store's butcher Dave. Uh, with a knife in his eye. Yeah, but it's it, it was so odd where she's just looking at the freezer Melissa. window. Help me! And yeah. this is where we're going to get this the entire time. We're like, in whatever the glassy surface Melissa yes. is facing, she's going to get some sort of premonition yeah. as to how someone is going to and die. And it's never explained why she gets these premonitions. Yeah, could it be like the doll is in her mind, but in that case, is the doll then telling her this is exactly what's and going to happen, or does the doll I the don't, future? I think that Melissa happens to have some kind of ability that Which is, is, again, a very Stephen King thing. Yeah, but, like, it's separate from the doll, but, again, not explained, yeah. so... But we see the power of the doll here, at least, in that the doll, I should open, let's have fun, mm-hmm. uh, and she starts... Uh, I didn't even realize this, because I don't think... So they don't name the doll in the episode... But her name is Ching... It's a the doll is called Chinga. Right, but they don't say that in the episode. But also, bad. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, yeah, not is, good. Is, is Chinga a bad word in, it is in a, Spanish? It's a Spanish, like, slang uh, curse, basically. Oh, but um, it is a bad word in Spanish. And apparently, Stephen King nor Chris Carter knew that. Which is just not great, just guys. So get consult with people before you name your episodes. I mean, I guess Google didn't exist then, which... Or did it? Were uh, there search engines late, at this time? Late 90s existed. You could, like, Netscape it. You can Netscape it, AOL search, bar it. Uh, so basically this doll, once she says, let's have fun, the fun is making people slap themselves. And we're going to see, like, 
the after effects is that she's making people claw at their eyes. Yeah. Some are, some are going to do a better job of clawing at their own eyes than others. <laughs> yeah, this was confusing at first. We were like, why are these people crying? And then we realized it's because they're clawing at their eyes. And some people do it in such a way that their eyes, like, are swollen. And yeah. then others just have, like, a little bit of blood. Maybe it depends on how long their nails were, you know? Maybe. Or maybe when they start. Yeah. So... The, the butcher, uh, everyone's going crazy. I wrote, not the cans, because this poor guy <laughs> knocks over the can display. Yeah. And basically, the butcher sees the doll's reflection and is controlled to stab himself in the eye, as the freezer I don't door think predicted. I don't think he sees the reflection of the doll. I think he sees, you're supposed to assume the doll is, like, sentient at that point, but walking. Like, oh, I, but wasn't the doll with Polly? Yes, but then it somehow gets away from Polly and... See, I'd imagine it was, like, image projecting itself. Maybe, but it's still, like, it's not, like, a reflection of something. It's, like, it's real, like, you're yeah. saying. Maybe it's, like, a, a phantom of the doll. <laughs> imagine Phantom anyway. of the Opera with Shinga. Summertime Scully, Angela. Summertime Scully, I love her. It's a look. I love that short sleeve t-shirt. You pointed this out. So she's going to visit Maine, and she's wearing a Maine I like t-shirt. to think that she spilled something on her shirt and had to like buy that at the gas station interesting i like that idea a lot more than i'm going to maine better get my maine t-shirt yeah no i think it's just supposed to like maybe let you know that they're in maine but i don't yeah. think it's like a good way to do that no, maybe you could just have a store sign in, this really screams you could just it. have like a sign on the side of the road that said entering maine you yeah. know like you don't need her like vacation scully but i do love when she throws on that blazer over that t-shirt that's a good look she looks fly so she ends up getting a call from Mulder. And again, this is now Mulder is going to be sort of sidelined for this episode. Yeah. I will say the activities he does in his downtime is infinitely weirder yeah, than no, what Scully does. It's n- I mean, Scully does normal things. She was cleaning her gun. She's taking a bath. She's yeah. like, you know, and then eventually like gets a little bit more bored. But he's like bored immediately, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I guess she calls him because Scully, I guess, just stumbles into this grocery store while this is happening. Yeah, it seems like she pulled up right after the cold open ended. <laughs> yeah, I like she's pulling in as Melissa and Polly are pulling out. Yeah, exactly. So, but Mulder seems to think that um, it's caused by witchcraft. Yeah, so Mulder, and there's also this this fun little thing of, oh, Mulder's watching some sort of TV show where mm-hmm, everyone's moaning, mm-hmm. but oh, it's the world's deadliest swarms. Yeah, and so you're, he tells Scully it's the world's deadliest swarms, and she's like, okay, but in, only by at the end of the scene do we realize it is, but you're supposed to think it's porn. Yeah, you think just in the background, like, random noises, like she's undergoing hypnotherapy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned, like, Scully going on this monologue right about sorcery slash witchcraft, and Mulder mm-hmm. just follows up with, Marry me. <laughs> well, Kit, yeah, because she, like, basically, like, it, it talks all, like, what he considers to be, like, hot stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's like bedroom talk for Fox Mulder. <laughs> yeah, you know? talk about witchcraft and, like, uh, stuff like that, and he'll be in your pants in no time. He'll be hot, as hot as a bonfire under a witch that they're <laughs> trying to burn for Melissa right now. Uh-huh. So, anyway, Scully basically is like, I'm on vacation, I'm not dealing with this, she goes back to her hotel, but is sort of like, says that she'll help them out, right? Yeah, well, basically, she finds out here, because I think the the sheriff, yes. this is when the sheriff shows up, uh, yeah, Spencer shows up. let us know that the the sheriff apparently was played by, uh, you know, Chief Bleepity Bleep from uh, Jose Chung's from oh, Outer really? Space, which is fun. <laughs> I didn't I'm, even notice. But they brought them back as a cop, uh, but basically, they're saying, you know, Melissa is sort of... Uh, a pariah in the town and for various reasons, right? The sheriff is saying here that she's coming off as threatening for being pretty in signal. 
we're gonna get it from yeah. this old lady later on like no she's related to a witch and she's brought a hex upon this town yeah but i guess like this is like kind of a bummer that she's like this hot like young mom and so the other moms don't like her yeah and well, she like, also okay. apparently is carrying on with the lurid affair right she yes. was seeing dave but- the butcher yeah so dave the butcher is now uh dead and it's dead the butcher and so was her, and then we find out also that her husband has was dead. So right, and she also has a little bit of a suitor here, or at least like a former suitor in Buddy the Cop. Yeah, Buddy the Cop sucks. Buddy the Cop is a real sleazebag. Mm-hmm. He sucks. He deserved it. Yeah, so because basically, so you know, we get we Scully decides to she hasn't gone to her hotel room yet. She decides like, okay, fine, I'll look into this alongside the sheriff. Yeah. We're going to get a, a glimpse of Melissa's family because Buddy's going to tip her off, right? Okay, there's suspicion against you. Dave's dead. Right. Meet with me. But we're going to start to see Polly's aesthetic, <laughs> which is to put these antiquated hokey pokey records on. You didn't have these? I did not have Okay, a- so I had a small record player look just like that, and we had these half-size records. Yeah, right, right, right. But we had a bunch of like kids' music and stuff. My, was the hokey pokey included? I don't remember, but we definitely had like a little record player that was meant for kids. I with, don't like, think I've ever, music. I've never listened to the hokey pokey outside of gym class. Like the hokey pokey to me has not transcended no, the educational medium. I mean, medium. But this is a pretty classic Stephen King thing to do. Like yeah. he loves to take like a song like that's like. Yeah, even before they were doing it in, in horror trailers, right? It was like, yeah. take, that, take a children's song and slow it down and make yeah, it creepy. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mentioned it before, but Storm of the Century, Storm of the Century, no, the perfect storm. No, storm of the century. Yeah, the perfect storm was the Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> yes, no. Uh, storm of the century is another is the creepiest movie ever. But they use I'm a little teapot every time. Oh, every time this like devil character kills somebody, the person like sings that song and then like is murdered basically. So we get a little bit more background on Polly, where apparently. Uh, she, you know, Melissa was married to a fisherman mm-hmm. who died last year. Since then, Polly went to a daycare and threw a tantrum so fierce that the caretaker mm-hmm. slapped her. And then the next thing she knew, this old lady was basically on the ground. And the old lady got disbarred, basically got her daycare closed yeah. down. But she somehow blames Polly for it. Yeah. And it's unclear sort of what happened apart from that, like, she hit Polly because of her behavior. But, like, we don't know what that behavior was, which we, I guess we can assume it was her being creepy AF. Yeah. Or just being demanding. Demanding. Right? Like being a little, little Mommy! Threat. Put on the hokey pokey. Please. I want my popcorn no, now. Polly, it's 1998. We're not putting on the <laughs> yeah. hokey pokey, okay? Yeah. Listen to NSYNC anytime soon. Ugh, yeah. But it was also revealed that, uh, so the, the guy, one of the guys leaving the supermarket, I guess, was on the boat with Melissa's husband and yeah. she tells this story about Well how... you're just you're skipping through all oh, this really? stuff. You're skipping past the the Dairy Queen trip. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Buddy and the ice cream shop. Yeah, cuz this is the, this is where they're at More the... cherries. <laughs> yeah, they're at the ice cream shop right now. Well, Buddy reveals here and he's like, "You know, I know I missed my shot with you before, mm-hmm. but I I want to help you out right now." So it appears that I mean, I think uh, people are maybe angry at Melissa because she seems to have some history with everybody in this town. Yeah, she seems like a little bit of a slut, but um, <laughs> like she just gets around. She's like the scarlet letter. Yeah, they're painting her as that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. She can do whatever she wants. But um, basically, yeah. he also suggests that um, or no, she t- she confines in him that 
she's been seeing everyone dying too. Yeah, exactly. And so he's like, why don't you go up to this cabin? You know, run away. Basically. Here, go up to my cabin in the middle of nowhere. Best yeah. of luck. <laughs> well, Melissa's going to take the hint because as you mentioned, Polly's demand of more cherries is met with actually a pretty fresh response too from this employee. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I guess the doll made this lady put her hair into the machine. Yeah, or, like, made her go too close to the machine and her hair got caught. But if your hair gets caught in a machine like that, it basically will pull your scalp off. Yeah, like, or, or pull you into the machine. It can't pull you into the machine. You're too small. So your scalp will come off. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah that's a net. It seems like she's okay, though. She's one of these rare people to, like, not die at the hands of this doll. Yeah, and so Buddy also just, he saves her from dying, which is yeah. nice. Exactly. He gets the distracted. Meanwhile, Melissa and Polly peace out. Yep. Uh, and Scully and the sheriff are going to go visit this. Oh, this old lady sucks. Her too. glasses are upsetting. Her glasses. I mean, she basically seems like the head nun of a school mm-hmm. without any sort of religious affiliation. She just yeah. like she seems like the type that unfortunately you could look her up like, yeah, you probably would. Hit a, a kid, child. yeah. yeah I would that's, never. That's like the old school. Sending method. my kid to daycare there would be like my worst nightmare. Yeah, and basically she immediately sort of like turns them away, right? Saying, yeah. "Oh yeah, yeah, that Melissa is no good. She's descended from Salem witches." And she basically insinuates that like Melissa is a witch and has now birthed Polly, who is also clearly yeah. Evil. Like this is Damien. This is the mm-hmm. demon child, and nobody's listening to me. And I yeah. got disbarred because of it, not because I hit a child. I don't or think any- it's called disbarring. I guess that. That's only for a lawyer, yeah. right? <laughs> There's no bar that you have to pass to run a daycare. Imagine. Yeah. It's more like a I think playground. it's a license. Yeah, more like the jungle gym bars. I think you get your license revoked. Monkey disbarred. Anyway, monkey disbarred. <laughs> um, Melissa's going to drive. She has, She's going to take Buddy's advice despite being like, mm-hmm. okay, uh, take, a, take a hot second. She's going to drive up to the cabin, but then Polly's basically like, I don't want to. And then in the back window, she sees uh, the old the lady, lady, help me. And she's like, all right, well, I guess I better drive back home and try to stop that. From I happening. guess. But what she she doesn't do that, though, does she? I think they just go to her house and like she hides in the house. Yeah. I guess what she's doing is hoping that she'll be able to protect this woman by keeping the doll yeah, just, inside. Just keep nail, putting nails in that house. Eventually, they'll keep the doll out, apparently. But like the doll still seems to be doing whatever it wants. So like, I don't know. As, we, as we see that night, this old lady has her phonograph playing in the middle of the night and mm-hmm. it's playing the hokey pokey. It keeps skipping. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. Not, over, over and over and over Which again. is, as we know, uh, one of Angela's least favorite things. Yeah. I We got a question from Brendan Fitzpatrick of, is there a, a toy that Asher has that haunts us? I don't think so. Haunts I, us? No. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we'd buy things that like would look creepy. I think it's more so... There are pieces of media or toys that he has that might annoy us. Annoy us, yes, for sure. Or things that, like, just, like, we try to buy fairly educational things Mm -hmm. or things that are not going to drive us insane. Um, That can't be said for the rest of our family who purchases Asher toys. You know, for example, his grandpa bought him a bunch of like keys it was like uh, toy keys and a remote and oh a phone. Yeah, yeah yeah it's a lot of electronics that you press buttons they're like, they're like toy hey, electronics yeah they're like toy electronics but there's no off button and it's like super upsetting to yeah, me. There's, and there's also <laughs> things like he has uh fallen down the rabbit hole of the mickey mouse clubhouse which has some of the worst 
songs I've I will heard say in that my the, life. The Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is terrifying. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> well, we watched a couple of Mickey series. We watched Mickey and the Roadster Racers, which really which, wasn't that bad. Uh, yeah, but I hate Mickey. Yeah, but I think, yeah, you really do hate <laughs> I Mickey just Mouse. am not a big fan of the Mickey in general. But we went to Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which has just, like... It's, and it also talks to you, because it's, like, trying to interact it's, with it's the kids. Doing, it's doing the Dora thing. It's also, it's much more remedial. Yeah. And it also has... There's literally no story. There's no... There's very little story, but also the songs that they have hot in dog, there. Hot dog, hot dog, diggity dog. It seems like they took four crew members and just put them in a room and were like, all right, come up with a bunch of songs. We're like, oh, It's fun okay. inside. Yeah, uh, it's the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Come inside. It's fun inside. It's the worst. Let's it's have, terrifying. Let's have some fun inside. Yeah, not good. Um, so to answer the question, no, we have, we are not horrified by anything. I, I will say, though, that there are there, there are some like um, stuff that my parents inherited from their childhood that are creepy. There's like a doll my mom refuses to take from my grandmother's house that uh-huh. used to be my aunt's. She says absolutely not. Like, she won't have it in the house. She, like, she thinks it's like a creepy doll. So I just think that these days, the toys that we buy for our kids are a little just, they're not creepy yet. But maybe in 20 years, they'll be creepy. Yeah, it might be a thing with like, oh my God, I can't believe that, uh, you know, Elmo, my God, he became a demon. Yeah, that's the thing is just I think old timey dolls look creepy in general. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But no, we don't have any haunted toys. Uh, Let's blast from the past here, Angela. Mm -hmm. We get a Scully tub shot. I feel like it's been a while since they have... Uh, you know, focused in on some like Julian she also, Anderson yeah, bathroom action. She has like, and she also has her like her good hair in this season. Like, they're, oh, uh, Scully with the good hair. Scully with the good hair. They style her a lot more. You know, like aggressively. I should say not aggressively, but they like you know clearly straighten her hair and like give yeah. her some makeup and all that. You know, so, so. Uh, her luxuriating is interrupted. Mm-hmm. She was finally going to take her vacation because there's been a murder. We saw it. Mulder's going to call her here. <laughs> And there's this thumping in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, like banging, and he says it's construction. But it's actually him dribbling a basketball? I just don't understand why he needed to lie about that. Yeah. Like, are you embarrassed you're dribbling a basketball? And if so, stop dribbling the basketball. Also just say, oh, sorry, I was just dribbling. I was just, uh, pra- I don't know. Or uh, there's nothing. You don't need to explain it. She doesn't care. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Also, he's wearing a button-down shirt and... And his underwear. Yeah, boxer briefs. Yeah, he's doing the whole uh, Tom Cruise and Risky Business deal. I guess this is sort of the bachelor lifestyle in the late 90s, right? Like, no pants. Also, all that's in your fridge is expired Sunny Delight. Oh, God, that was disgusting. Not even purple stuff in there. And it also wasn't Sunny D. It was like knockoff Sunny D. Oh, yeah, I don't think they'd allow... I don't think Sunny D would be like, yes, please have one of your characters drink our product and regurgitate it back up on screen. Very true. So Mulder actually is in the Scully role here, right? In more ways than mm-hmm. one. He basically calls in saying, hey, I heard about your, I was thinking about your case. Uh, have you ever heard of Korea dancing disease? Yeah, he clearly is like trying to find a medical explanation to like impress Scully a little bit. Yeah, like, so you don't do that. To, don't bring that to the medical doctor. Yeah. The medical doctor also is like in it right now and like keeps seeing people getting murdered. So she's like confused more than like thinks it's a medical issue. <laughs> now we're back at Shea Polly. Uh, so she just falls asleep to the hokey pokey playing i mean clearly there's something wrong with this girl noise machine is the hokey pokey i think i mean yes but also like they're the doll is possessing this girl so like when she's sleeping maybe that's when the doll is like doing stuff yeah and and you talk about how the ubiquitousness of the doll's powers we see her that 
the doll also has like a little bit of telekinesis because it can put the record back on the player. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I guess the doll likes the song. <laughs> the doll, oh, the doll loves. I mean, it is an old school song, so and I it's think it makes sense. And so Melissa's like kind of like frazzled and like basically making running around the house like trying to nail everything shut yeah, basically she's trying to prevent the dolls escaping while also slowly trying to conceptualize the plan of okay i need to kill the doll yeah but she can't figure out how <laughs> and now she sees buddy so we'll get to yes. that in a little bit meanwhile scully and the chief are going to eat a whole ass lobster yeah yeah with this is another like we're in maine <laughs> yeah well in maine you gotta eat a big ass lobster in exactly. the middle of the day exactly um but yeah so they're eating lobster and i guess i forget what they're talking about here i don't even remember i guess uh, they're well, just this is when about... the, the chief's gonna create some nice lunchtime discussion by uh, saying, yes. oh yeah by the way her husband died because he had a grappling hook through the skull right this is when he tells the story about how they um he had a grappling hook through the skull and Scully also runs into the guy from outside the supermarket, right? Yeah. So this is when basically we find out that that guy was, you know, Oh, she sees him on the boat. That's yeah, right. And it was like, Oh yeah, let me, uh, it was the same boat. Exactly. Let me interrogate him. Meanwhile, Polly wants popcorn and she lets her mom know it. And also, why is her mom making Jiffy Pop? They have a microwave. Um, maybe, she, again, this is a very old Bougie. school town. <laughs> you have the hokey pokey on a record player and you have Jiffy Stove Pop. Pop a town out of time. I mean, it's also written by Stephen King, right? So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he's like, this is my childhood. Yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah, so basically she is making popcorn for this this um child who is demanding it Veruca Salt style. Exactly. Uh, and Buddy's going to drop in basically mm. saying... Hey, this old lady's dead. Melissa, I think it was you. Yeah, no, he's being a total asshole here. Melissa's like crying and she's like freaking out and then the doll kills him. Yeah, basically he beats himself to death with his own Yeah, bludgeons himself to death. It's really great. Well, we get a really fun, gruesome image in our flashback as well where it's revealed uh-huh. that the daddy fisherman basically like caught the doll in the net and was like this will be good for my daughter's birthday which yeah i mean listen i don't know how much fishermen are making but like incredibly frugal he seems like a very sweet man and just like was excited to give his daughter a present he's probably away a lot because it seems like they were on an overnight fishing trip so like wouldn't necessarily give my child something i found in the ocean i mean neither would i but i don't live in a a lobster fishing community in maine when you're basically a merman anyway yeah you get the image of three days later he comes out and sees the guy. I, we did not need the grappling hook through the skull, personally. I, I needed that. You, you personally? I, I personally did. I couldn't visualize it myself. I'm so, so glad you're satisfied I'm by that. Never be satisfied. And I think this is uh, this is Mulder's last appearance on the phone. Yes. And he's kind of being a dick. He's being a total dick. He's being like, oh, well, Scully, uh, if the doll's really evil, you should check the plastic ring. Like, dude, look at all the <laughs> yeah. stuff you call her about. Yeah, no, he's, true. he's like trying to like play it cool here. But like, he's just being an asshole. Basically, all men in this episode are the worst. <laughs> yeah, and old ladies. And old ladies. Yeah. I mean, Melissa herself is at wit's end. Yeah, I feel bad for her. Everyone else dead now the only one left is herself with mm-hmm. a hammer in the head yeah because clearly doll has sensed that it's trying she's trying to trap her and kill it yeah so you know i she sees herself bludgeoning herself with a hammer and so she's gonna try to lock all the doors mm-hmm. fill up the house with gas and blow herself and her daughter up to kingdom come yeah i just feel like uh, not the best plan, but I guess if you're like in that place of just total like abandonment. Yeah, I, I think at this point she was just like 
verging on hysteria. Yeah, I mean, she was a good actress, but it's still, I mean, yeah, not great. Yeah. Um, but Scully realizes this, bursts into the house, and quickly tosses the doll into the, the microwave. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a, a, a hot second, though, because first they have to, like, get through the barricade <laughs> that this lady built. Yeah, I just skipped that. And, by the, and by the time they get to Melissa, the doll has already ordered her to beat herself over the head Yeah, so she stops eventually, but... And then, yeah, Scully throws it in the microwave and lights it on fire. Yeah, which is wild. And so the doll is dead, except it's not dead because it's horror. Uh, but but before that, Scully comes back to Washington. Mm-hmm. Mulder has done the typical... I think this was in The Breakfast Club, right? Yes. Where you throw the pencils into the ceiling. Yeah, but he's, like, playing it cool, and then all of a sudden all these pencils fall on his face, and Scully's like... See you tomorrow. <laughs> so the second episode we're going to talk about is much more of an origin story for some mythos in the series. But here's a little hint. I guess we found out about where the I Want to Believe poster comes from. He just yes. bought it in he some store. He just bought it, yeah. This is, I think I knew that, but um, I don't know. <laughs> and so she asked about it because I'm assuming she wanted to send it to the sheriff? Yes, because I think they had a conversation over lunch that was like very much so... You know, like, how do you believe in witches? Like, what do you right. what do you believe in? And and do you how do you figure it out? And all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. She wanted yeah. to inspire him. She has a friend, I suppose. Yes. she made a friend never, on her vacation. Never coming back into no. the series. She made a friend on her vacation in Maine. Yeah, and she they also, shared a lobster. And and like you said, whereas Scully really gets brought into the main thing with War of the Copperphages, Scully's really keeping Mulder at an arm's length, basically saying. I don't need your help. I didn't work on the case. I was getting out of my head for a few days. Nothing happened. Yeah, I think the issue with War of the Copperfages is that Mulder really goes in and yeah. like where Scully doesn't want to. So she like very she or, does what or she has she does, to. But... I think she's ready to just sort of ignore it and move on. Yeah, Mulder gets sucked in. Especially pretty because it's a pretty I mean, as Mulder made fun of her before, it's it's a pretty wackadoo concept <laughs> yeah. of a haunted dog. And also like not great, like from a perspective of people dying. <laughs> yeah, but as I mentioned before, of course, this is a horror story, so this is the end question mark mm-hmm. where some fisherman brings up the doll. So did they toss the doll back in the water? That's a great question. <laughs> or is this another doll? No, it's the same doll because it's burnt. It's like yeah. all charred. So. Yeah, this is like Chucky, basically. Yeah. Mulder invokes it before, where I believe when Chucky came back for the second movie, like he was carved up from yes, the way the first exactly, movie ended. Exactly. So, I mean, I think it's just all not great. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, all not great is a great way <laughs> to describe yeah. this episode. It just, it exactly. to me, felt like, like a little, um, a little clocky, a little like uh, just really trying to be a Stephen King episode and just failing. Yeah, it was clunky. I think it was too separated. Uh, I feel like if we had brought Scully... Mm-hmm. Into, like, again, Scully has this this odd connection with children. I was very surprised, and maybe because it was written by a different yeah. person, that we do not bring Scully into the vicinity of this child sooner. Yeah. I feel like that that could have been... I was waiting for something like that to happen, and it... But she didn't want to. And it was there so. for a minute. Of yeah. screen time. I feel like it was it was a missed opportunity. Yeah, but I guess. I'm excited to, to have seen the fact that Stephen King was interested enough in the X-Files to write about it. That feels like a mark for how popular this series yeah, was at the time. it's true. No, I agree with that. Well, we're going to travel from the timeless town here in Maine to the 1990s slash 1950s right after this break. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Picture this, Angela. 1990, <laughs> Wisconsin. Mulder may or may not be married. Oh, God, yeah, let's talk about... I just want to mention that off the top, because that was a big detail that I noticed, and I would imagine a lot of X-Files fans noticed, was David Duchovny throughout this episode yeah. is wearing a wedding band. Yeah, and he very prominently... You can very prominently yeah, see it at the end. Yeah, he folds his hands, and he's moving his hands. Yeah. You see a wedding ring, and I was like... Wait, so does this imply he was married beforehand? No, David Duchovny, the person, got married, and he said that he was, he's quoted saying, that was just me, you know, fooling around. I'd recently gotten married, and I wanted to wear it. And oh. later on, Chris Carter told him that the situation creates a big problem, because if they ever do show anything else that takes place seven years ago, he'll have to be married. <laughs> and like he was like, okay, I agree. Um, I won't do it again. I'm, I'm sorry, David Duchovny. That's a tool. Like you are being such a tool in that yeah. moment. That is such. He basically explained it as like, yeah, Mulder could have been married. Yeah, like, oh, like so Mulder should just never have mentioned that he was married. He's a secretive guy. He'd be so no. It's just fancy I think he him. was saying yeah that he he's one of those people that would just never mention it because it's just not that big of a deal to him. It just I think it just really like irks me because it reminds me back in the day when I would be a stage manager and mm -hmm. you would be a costume designer and actors would just be like they would make changes to things. Yeah, or be like, like oh no, I was I was I was doing that for fun, you know. And it's like yeah, you, know, you are giving other so many other people behind the scenes a headache. Yeah, like uh, somebody. <laughs> I'm trying to th remembering like all these like girls who just like were so concerned about their looks that they wouldn't wear something that we had like painstakingly designed for them for a children's theater production. But yes, that's a good example for sure. Um, but it happened often that just yeah. like girls, specifically young theater women, would just often be much more concerned with the way they looked than the character and the design of the costume that was like specifically made for them. So, yeah, but then you would sometimes have boys that were like, yes. "Lol, random, I'm going to do these things," and it's like, uh, "Well, we actually plan things out for a very specific way yeah. for a reason." So. I remember one time we had to replace an entire pair of pants because the person. It, who was wearing them wouldn't stop doing spins on his knees and he wore out the knees <laughs> not during the play no just like just in general oh my goodness yeah so i i feel chris carter's pain mm -hmm. here but i felt very little pain during this episode that was I a good this episode was a really fun flashback episode i'll be completely honest i would not have been surprised if this was like the backdoor pilot to an X-Files spinoff set in the 1950s. I mean, maybe it, maybe that was like a thought, but I did read that it was mostly inspired by the story of a screenwriter who ha was negatively affected by the sort of blacklisting that happened in Hollywood. Oh, the McCarthyism? Yeah, and that um, the guy who was blacklisted wrote a bunch of movies under the pseudonym Arthur Dale. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, we're back in 1990, though, because... 
None of this is going to take place in the quote unquote modern times. It's in 1990 because we're going to see like yeah, it's still seven years ago, yeah, and then back in the 50s. But we're in Wisconsin. Uh, the cops come bringing down the door of Mister Edward Skur. Edward Skur. We initially, I think, heard it. I heard it as Skinner. So I was like, oh, oh no. is this like Skinner's dad or something? No, I just really like the name Skur. Edward Skur <laughs> is a pretty dang funny name. <laughs> Skur. Edward Skur. I'm so scurred. <laughs> exactly. We're so scurred during this episode. I mean, you should be scurred as they go to find Skur and they see this random body in a bed that is like... It's not really a body. It's like a sack of skin. Yeah, bag. It's basically like a bag of skin that's been sucked of all fluids. Like, yeah. It's like a raisin body. Yeah, it's like a raisin body. And Reminds they, me of like the mummy when they would... um The guy would uh like kill somebody and then yes. it would just be like a husk <laughs> exactly and then he turns younger as yeah. a result mm-hmm. um but i do that too that's why i that's say. why you have your porcelain yeah. skin mm-hmm. uh so they end up finding edward skur uh he has some goop in the corner of his mouth uh which he we'll does. find out later you know obviously that's from the freaking spider living within him yes um and the but, only thing he says is molder well like he says mul 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 Duh. Yeah, it's like his red rum. <laughs> yeah. No, not red rum. Rosebud. Rosebud. That'd be, would have been really weird if he was saying red rum. <laughs> yeah. But um, basically, like, he says Mulder, and at this point, I, this is the point in Mulder's history, Fox Mulder's history, yes. where he is working in the behavioral science unit of the FBI doing criminal profiling. Right. This is prior to, I think, the regret. He, he were, never had, he hadn't even discovered the X-Files Yeah, this yet. is not, this is before the regression, regression mm-hmm. hypnosis where he gets the abduction this is memory. Him. There's an, uh, an up-and-coming FBI agent. Yeah, so uh, we get uh, the appearance of older Arthur Dales, played by Darren McGavin. Is that mm-hmm. his name? Darren McGavin. I who... was so excited to see him because he's the dad from A Christmas Story. Yes, he is. He also was somebody that I guess Chris Carter really, really wanted on the show. He originally wanted him to play... Um, who's that guy? The guy who... Um, one of the the state the senator guy. Oh, the senator from the beginning of season two. Yes, the one yes, that yes, was yes, yes. The helper. Cocktail yes, napkins. he wanted him to play him, and he did. He couldn't, and so he finally got him in as Arthur Dales. I, I guess he's a big fan. Well, I also read that at one point he wanted him to play Bill Mulder. Yeah, because he's like a big fan of him from I guess a show he was in with Burt Reynolds. And the- well, I, I think he was in that cold check the night stalker yes, or whatever yes, that yes, the yes. show that chris carter loves so much yeah but that's wild that you know in another world he could have played Mulder's dad here he is playing someone who associated with Mulder's dad back in the day yes exactly um and so basically Mulder comes to see him because this guy was captured skur yeah he basically says edward skur was a serial killer dales you chased after him a long time ago mm-hmm. you know the case was eventually dropped and said hey what do you know about him because he said my name yeah and he says molder that means something to you <laughs> yeah and, and dale's well dale's initially is a little like keeps him he doesn't want to talk about like, it he starts to bloviate about the communist witch hunt in the 40s and 50s uh, and basically it leads molder to watch some of these red scare videos mm-hmm. from the mccarthy hearings and who does he spot but his own daddy his papa but yeah. his, his dad worked for the state department so that's not like totally out of the realm of possibility yeah. but that it's one of those there. that's one of those probably fun skinner moments right where hey we're gonna cgi yeah, this actor in into the black and white footage yeah and so then we start in, into flashback world yeah basically cause... it's like dale's like okay now you knew basically knew the password of how your dad is <laughs> yeah. involved so let's go flashback everyone looks so 
freaking dapper. I love it. I love the 50s. And That's the another books. reason why I would have actually been fine with the spinoff, because I think it could have been I don't very know, I like love Mad that Men, very like cool. very, very early Mad Men. Yeah. When we get later into Mad Men, that's when we get into the, the, the hippie 60s stuff. and the 70s and the zooby zooby zoo. No, oh my god, imagine if we got, imagine if there was a record player that played zooby zooby zoo. <laughs> be bad. Actually, well, that was one thing that I got. I don't remember. You who, did get that. Yeah, Somebody bought that for me, you. Someone gave me a, like a half record that had zooby zooby zoo. A 45, zoo yeah. I don't know where it's around here somewhere. Somewhere I have it. I don't think it was even like a swag gift from AMC or something. I no. think someone just got me a 45 of zooby zooby zoo. Yeah, I remember that. And I was like, why did you get this? Um, but yeah, I, no zooby zooby zoo. Anyway, uh, unfortunately, but we get uh, no zoobies. Dale, Dalesy, Dalesy, Dales. Dalesy, Dalesy, Dalesy. Um, and his partner and communism. Yeah, so so right now, the first thing we see them do is pull up to Edward Skur's house, where essentially this guy, Edward Skur, has been suspected to be a communist. Mm-hmm. And they arrest him. And they arrest him. Now, I had a moment here. Which uh, I just did not understand. Yeah, I <laughs> saw Edward Skur, and I'm like, is that Garrett Dillahunt? And I was like, who the fuck is Garrett Dillahunt? And, and then it was I, indeed I, Garrett Dillahunt. And so, okay, here's the thing. I looked him up. I recognize him to an extent. He's been in a lot of yeah, stuff. He's, he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys, but like, I would never have been able to pull the name Garrett Dillahunt out of my butt. <laughs> yeah, I could have told you that Garrett Dillahunt was a it's completely like, made up name. It's, yeah, it's not like, oh, is that George Clooney? Like, you know who He's that is. He's my George Clooney. Yeah, I clearly... <laughs> you just, you pulled it out of the air. You were just like, that's Garrett Dillahunt. And I was like, I, I'm sure it is. Yeah, I was from, like, I believe you. From Raising Hope. Uh, he was recently No Country on, for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. He was recently on Fear the Walking Dead. I actually got uh, to speak with Garrett Dillahunt. 12 Maybe Years a Slave, I guess he was in that. I, that makes sense. He sort of does have that, like, mm-hmm. plantation owner look, unfortunately. Yeah, not great. Uh, but uh, yeah. either way, he... and, and that's why he he really plays a great role here. Is because he's I quite he, young in this. Yeah, he appears as sort of like the blonde-haired, blue-eyed everyman, mm-hmm. and so to have him have a horrifying alien creature living inside him is that much more fun. Yeah, this is sucky. Yeah, um, and, and so we basically see that Dale's is sort of not completely in his job. Like he feels bad. You know, uh, he doesn't really get the whole Red Scare communism thing. Yeah, because Skur's wife and children are like understandably very emotionally overwhelmed when the father is arrested, and he's like, "I don't know if we should be doing this." Yeah, it's like super uncomfortable. So he, goes to, yeah, he goes to this bar where he hangs out a bunch, and then he basically gets informed that uh, he gets called by his partner that Edward Skur apparently hung himself in his cell, mm, and like he's dead twenty minutes after being arrested. Yeah, and so he feels like obligated to go apologize to the wife and tell her in person. In, and when he gets there, he sees Skur. Yeah, he sees Edward Skur just walking around. Uh, and so, you right, know. And, and in the typical movie manner of probably. Hey, hey stop! Hey, you, Skur! Yeah, exactly. yells his name, and of course he runs away. He doesn't just stop. Yeah, so we get a little bit of a chase here, uh, and mm-hmm. it ends in a very interesting way as basically Skur gets Dale's pinned. And we start to see tendrils he come out of his bu- mouth. And the way that, whatever, your BFF Garrett, Garrett does, Dillahunt. That does, does this is like, he kind of just like vomits. Like he makes like vomiting noises. Yeah, it basically is like there's a creature it's living a gagging, inside him that's yeah. like coming out to play. Yeah, but the way he acts it is like, I mean, it's like a dog vomiting. <laughs> and I would imagine this wasn't CGI, right? I would imagine no, it's practical so it, effects. Yeah, so it's practical effects, and they built this thing that would come out of his actual oh, mouth. That has to be incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, so basically, I, I was trying to read about it because it's like not something that I was like super familiar with, but I guess that 
they had to do a lot of stuff in post-production as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't remember now. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's uh, it's odd. Uh, it's I mean, gross. It's, it's, a, it's a nice piece, though, because I think if it had been uh, CGI... Yes. Okay, would... so I'm looking it up now. In order to create a convincing period movie, various special effects were used, including a special facial appliance that allowed the alien spider to crawl out of Skur's mouth and into his victim, and then a bleaching job for the final film to give it an aged feel. Ooh. Which is cool, too. Yeah. Uh, and I read, I think also, I remember reading about um how they were like... This, scampering around to try to find period costumes because they didn't give them enough notice that this was going to be a period oh that's episode. Be yeah, you can speak to first yeah like production quality if you if yeah. people notice well actually that thing wasn't invented until that year yeah and then i guess the it. and it also the art director did a bunch of research to try to make j edgar hoover's office like super realistic and they also had to construct that bomb shelter mm-hmm. and like so just a lot was done um, well, speaking of J. Edgar Hoover, let's meet one of his associates. Here is the X-Files version of none other than Roy Cohn. Yeah, this was wild. <laughs> yeah, though I think we're used to the uh, Al Pacino, the Al Pacino slash version. Nathan Lane, Roy I kind Cohn of like, Angels in America. I kind of like the way that this guy comes across because he comes across as like very like plain. And I yeah. think that that was the Roy Cohn like way that he was just like very like low energy yeah it's interesting because i feel like the roy cone we see i mean the, the closest comparison that we mm-hmm. have is angels in america i feel like that's more of like the myth of roy cone yeah. right the one who's bragging about you know uh the the rothschilds and all that mm-hmm. um or the rosenberg trials the rosenberg but trials, maybe yeah. but to your point it seems like the the personification here is he's just like a very powerful yet like very mild mannered guy. Yeah, and also just like seemingly has no personality. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is also scary in and of itself, in that he's very cold to everything. Mm-hmm. And the 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 reason why he steps in here is because he basically pulls Dale's aside so and like says, a, "You need to change your report. Yeah, forget everything that you just experienced. Yeah, you uh, need to amend your report." I don't think you saw what you saw. Amend means basically redact because his entire report is all black, save for like a few words here and there. Yeah, and so it's like pretty shitty. (laughs) Yeah. So meanwhile, as Dales is just like, you know, ruminating over his sharpied out report, he and his partner are going to get another call that something's happening in Chevy Chase, Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, where they're going to drive down there and there is some sort of like German person, right? Yeah, it's a German doctor who has died and they're called in to investigate it. Um, basically, the local police deny calling them and Dales finds like a coaster in that in that house. But like, I guess the guy that's there is just a German doctor that died. Yeah. There's some German music on our records. We're like, okay, I guess that's a, and the guy, his partner, Michael keeps calling him a kraut, which is like awful. But I mean, that's the fifties for you. But basically, yeah, Dale finds a coaster, I think of the bar Mm -hmm. that he was at, uh, that says come alone on the back. And the person behind the card is Bill Mulder. Yep. He meets Bill Mulder in a creepy little, like booth and this is the bill Mulder that we have seen before this is the one who was with i, I the, think so yeah this is the one who was with the young cigarette smoking man this is the one from i think it's the same actor because i remember his eyes and they're just they're so the, weird they're so like sunken he um, just has no eyelids so it's, <laughs> it's like it but it, it they're his eyes are still really large so yeah. it comes across as very un, unsettling well i think the last time we saw him remember was in those weird flashbacks yeah. and demons right yeah. he's like closing the door and they had that like weird like uh 
like a weird shutter effect on the yeah, camera. Yeah, and he's still kind of creepy here, too. And it's interesting because you can kind of see glimpses of Fox Mulder, but I feel like Bill Mulder goes through things a little differently. Like, the the episode would have well, ended it's the differently. Time too. I think it's like the way you had to, to exist in that time. Yeah, but he's still a little skittish, right? Mm-hmm. He's, so that's the reason why he's pulling Dales aside. He basically gives in this intel that Skur... And these two other guys mm-hmm. were part of the State Department where they had been apparently part of this project to be, quote, turned into something. They experimented on them. Yeah, and two of them are killed themselves, and Skur is the only one left alive. Right, and the doctor that was killed in the beginning, that they were investigating, was the doctor that did the experiments. Yeah, because this is sort of part of a bit of like... It's the- not Operation Paperclip, but it's like assumed to be that the they were taking Nazi... Um, ideas and and yeah. experiments and well i feel them. like it's a little bit related to like no it alien, is but it's like hybrids, right? yeah no it totally is i'm just saying that like it's not a real thing you know like didn't happen like operation paperclip did happen uh, meanwhile r.i.p dale's partner <laughs> yeah michael sorry who, bye who he has a cat named myrtle who <laughs> I, names their cat myrtle i think it's a really cute name for a kitty i feel like it's affected by us nowadays because of moaning myrtle oh yeah maybe but i think myrtle would be a really cute cat name i just feel like between myrtle and polly i I feel like and, and you are aging like, whatever you're naming by 60 years and doing Yeah, but so. it's a cat. And it's like he lives alone with a cat named Myrtle. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. Well, now he no longer lives. <laughs> no, and his cat is probably, you know, orphaned, which yeah. is so and sad. Then, and, this, and this is when we see, like, the uh, the full effect of it, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you, you know, Skur was able to only get a, just the tip, if you will, yeah. with Dale. <laughs> now he gets, like, full... So I guess the weird thing about this is that, like, Skur was experimented on this thing was embedded into him so how he's basically been living his life having to kill people and so he chooses Hayes because yeah. he cuts his phone line yeah it's, it's, it's some sort of like <laughs> compulsion a little bit yeah he has to but he doesn't want to but he does it to this guy just because he feels like what the feds are on to him or something yeah I guess like I don't know yeah he believes they're part of the whole plot. Yeah. And meanwhile, Mulder's also going to reveal that essentially all this this guff about, oh, yes, Skr is a communist was all fabricated by um, Roy Cohn and McCarthy mm-hmm. to basically, like, obscure the truth. Yeah. And to basically give them an excuse to bring him in. And that that's and he kind of insinuates that the entirety of the like the communist scare, the red scare, whatever, was about covering up uh, things that were not communism. Yeah, which is, I mean, it, it's a really fun tie into all that stuff from the beginning of season yeah. five, right? The whole, the government is, or the almost the opposite of, we're creating an alien conspiracy to cover up government stuff. This is, we're creating a government thing to cover up an alien conspiracy. Yeah. And not just aliens, but other stuff too. Experimentation on humans maybe not even have to do with aliens. Yeah, and so, unfortunately, Dales is going to lose his partner here, and Roy Cohn just drops on by, basically, to throw in a nice little threat of, uh, hey, you better comply, or you're going to be a communist yourself. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, I really like the origin of the X-Files. I think this is a yeah. really fun scene. I forgot about this, but it is cute. Basically, there's a secretary at the FBI office who is helping Dales find a file that mentions the other two men who had committed suicide. I do not think it's coincidental that this lady helping him is a red-haired woman. I mean, probably not, but I, it, not something that I like. Yeah, I thought to. for a hot second I'd be like, thank you, Mrs. Scully. 
You know? <laughs> but she explains that all the files that are unsolved cases, she files under X because there's more room in that filing cabinet than you. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you got for unsolved mysteries basically is full at this point. So they have yeah. to move over to X. Yeah. And so that's why they're called X files. Mm-hmm, which I, I think is just so cool. Yeah, because I think you initially assume like, oh, X for extraterrestrial. But no, it's one of those things of, oh, why do we have this? Well, because a long time ago, this one thing happened to happen. And that's why we call it this Yeah, now. and a long time ago, we used physical filing cabinets and like, yeah. all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, there just wasn't enough room in the Rolodex and they didn't do their spring cleaning with the yeah. U files. So now they're X files. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they basically, uh, they find out that one of the people, I guess, is still in the morgue and Dales is going to go and convince the guy to do an autopsy. No, we, we did both know that this is a very, very handsome corner. Uh, I thought he was very cute. He, just, he was pulling off those horn rim glasses. Yeah, very much so. What a looker. What a looker, but what a rule breaker. Yeah, well, uh, listen, <laughs> we've watched enough X-Files to yeah. know that, like, corners don't really give a crap. No, <laughs> they don't. They'll do whatever you want to do. Yeah, and so he, Dales convinces him to cut open the body, and they find the... Big-ass spider in his yeah chest. and the guy like kind of notices right away that there are sutures in there as well so he's like this has been sewn into this guy's esophagus yeah so we find out they went through a xenotransplantation i believe is the that official term. Butt, but yeah so and this is where i was mentioned before we find out that the nazi doctors had essentially conducted experiments of grafting mm-hmm. hence the the sutures alien species into humans so it's like getting an organ transplant but of a different species yeah and like how does that work we don't know and obviously much like other transplants it didn't take it didn't take and so they are trying to kill all these guys basically yeah and then anyone finds out and that's the thing as well is that uh you know Mulder warns dales that oscar is basically on a revenge for Mm -hmm. trying to get back at the people who felt wronged him and that's where unfortunately his partner and him fell into it is like oh the these fed guys are after me therefore they must be with conan mccarthy let me go after yeah and dales is like i'm gonna go to skur's wife and i'm gonna tell her exactly what happened and that he's basically says like he wants to help him um and and she says, "Oh, I'm not. My, my husband's not here." Yeah, Go I mean, away, she sir. plays it cool, and then she like br- he gives her the same coaster that says the the bar and meet me, come alone, whatever, and wants her to give it to Skur. But she, he goes, to, she goes down to the bomb shelter in the backyard. Yeah, uh, and he's been uh, basically it's 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 he can't control it anymore. I will admit, I can't see a bomb shelter without thinking about Blast from the Past. I love that movie with Christopher so Walken's like big garden and everything. It's the best. That movie's so great. <laughs> yeah, vintage Brendan Fraser. Speaking of the Mummy, yeah, but yeah, but, Silverstone. but yeah, unfortunately, he has to kill his wife. Showing he just that, does like he has no control. Yeah, and he that's what he tells her, right? And so it, it shows here that like clearly the alien is is in control, not Skur. His parents. Meanwhile, Dale's basically goes straight from there into basically getting in trouble. Yeah. Getting in the car with Cohen and Mulder and being taken to none other than J. Edgar Hoover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is like wild. <laughs> yeah, and so Hoover's going to go into this big, you know, bloviating monologue, right? Saying, oh, the ratio of communists to non-communists has gone up. If we want to defeat them, we have to use their tools and use things their enemies cannot to ensure that we survive. Well, yeah, and I guess that, I mean, the issue here is that they try to kill they try to kill Dales, basically, by letting Skur attack him initially. Yeah. And then they actually... Yeah, because they decide to use him as bait. Yeah, and he, they don't, they underestimate him, basically, and they rush in and find that Dales has actually just handcuffed him. And no, the Russians alive. were in the, the other two episodes. Stop it. So, well, speaking of Russians, actually, that, that the Hoover speech really reminded me 
of this idea, right? Of like, we have to ensure our own survival Mm -hmm. by doing this. It's very much out of this idea of colonization and what the syndicate was doing to ensure their own survival. They're drinking their own Kool-Aid, that's for sure. Yeah, so basically... As you said, Skr meets Dales, and like Dales is really trying to reason with this guy. At but he first. has no, there's no ability to reason with no, somebody. Skr says, I'm dead inside. Like, yeah, I'm like, basically the creature at this point. Yeah, like, please like, leave me alone. I'm yeah. going to kill you. <laughs> but, you know, it turns out that Mulder does try to go in briefly, mm-hmm. but is uh, held back. And just when they thought that Dales was dead and they hear quiet on the radio, Dales was able to subdue Skr yeah. for the second time. Yeah, and so basically. You know, that we're under the assumption now that they've captured him and they're going to, like, keep him, like, for more experimentation or something. Yeah, and so Dales is going to tell Fox Mulder in the present day... Who's pretty upset because he finds out that his dad was, like, the bad guy here. Yeah, and this is before he found out that his dad was with the cigarette-smoking man, you know? Yeah, and what's also weird is that you think they've captured Skr here, but then you remember, oh, at the beginning of this episode, Skr's alive and, like, living in some remote Wisconsin. So so Dales is going to say that, obviously, he he was sort of fired. He was disbarred, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, His reputation was ruined for his insubordination and basically warns Fox Mulder, like, the same thing might happen to you. And so, yeah, the question is, how did he escape? How did he escape? And we see that Bill Mulder was tasked with bringing Skr in, assumingly to, you know, put him down. And he lets him go. And he lets him go. Yeah, he takes him to some remote location, gives him the keys to the car and walks away, basically. And is like, you know, be good. I mean, I love the move from a morality perspective, but Bill Mulder, maybe you didn't need to give him the car. Yeah, well, also, like, this guy is overcome by a parasite. So he basically, until the 90s from the 50s, continues to suck the life out of other human beings. <laughs> That's a very good point. I, yeah. Because I, I felt so warm about the end of this I episode. did as I well, like, oh, from a Mulder oh, yeah. perspective. Oh, he let a serial killer go. He basically let a serial killer go. Somebody he, that he knowingly was going to go around, and not intentionally, but would have to kill people. So, not great. Not great. And he gave away his entire car at that. I mean, it probably wasn't his car. Yeah, like but but I... FBI car. That, that may be a boneheaded move aside. I mm-hmm. really like this episode. I think, you know, I'm a sucker, much like music of a cigarette-smoking man, Same. for including X-Files stuff with historical events. I know it might seem schlocky on paper, a little Forrest Gumpy. Yes, but totally. But I, I just like the way it was done here and how, again, it ties into the overall themes of, you know supernatural stuff obscured by government activity or vice versa. It was a fun way to think about what was really going on with the communist hearings. Was there something else behind it? Yeah, I mean, I love that. And I love also these these episodes that kind of go into the past even further than the 90s, which is, um, you know, where it passed to us. But um, yeah, good episode. Spook of the week for these very, two uh, very for different For sure, Skr and his spider. Yes, absolutely that for the second one. He is by far the spookiest. One of actually, I think, the spookiest people we've encountered since like yeah. the days of Dwayne Just Barry and Edward Toomes. Gross. Yeah, totally like kind of like makes your stomach churn. And then I would say the daycare lady. Yes, I was, I was I like, I don't think the doll counts. And I doll- also honestly, yes, she's creepy, but I didn't find her as creepy as I think I was supposed to find. Yeah, her. when you're both creepy and judgmental, double jeopardy for you, daycare lady. <laughs> yeah, totally. So you're the spook of the week. Angela, we are reaching the end of season five and appropriately so next week we are doing the season five finale the end yeah so the reason jillian anderson was not in this episode was because she was uh filming still fight the future oh the movie the movie which is coming up as well yeah so next week it's just going to be 
one episode. We're going to do the movie the week after, but I can imagine. So it's interesting. It's called The End. I'd be intrigued to see what people thought about that title and what that means. Because obviously this is not the end of the series, but it might signify there is an end to something happening. Yeah, here. and I think also just the end is like very like ominous. <laughs> yeah, so we're reaching the end of season five. One that is, I think, a really strong season. It's probably overall. the best. Probably has all my favorite episodes in it. Probably. Definitely, definitely just, does. Just probably. Uh, so if you have any thoughts about the end, again, only one episode next week, but I imagine it's going to be a doozy. Bloom Files of Postal Recaps.com, X Files of Postal Recaps.com, at Ange Pelagi, at a Mike Bloom type, at Postal Recaps. You know all this. You're going through your U files right now because you basically have this <laughs> on a speed dial at this point. I should hope so. Let us know your thoughts. Of course, check out all the other great stuff going on on Postal Recaps proper as well, especially if you are a patron. Of course, we thank you for your support. That's going to do it this week on The Bloom Files. Next week, again, Season 5, Episode 20, The End. And we have reached the end of this podcast as well. Special thanks to Corey B. for his theme song, which you are listening to on your record players coming from the other room. Watch out for any killer dolls that might come with it. But until next week, case closed. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.